1: You rescue me so I can stay and say,
2: I am a child of God, you split the sea, you split, you split the sea, so I can walk right through it, my fears are drowned
3: in perfect love. Good morning, River City. Happy New Year to everyone. Welcome to 2019. My name is Antrimiko Knight, and it is my pleasure to welcome you this Sunday here at River City. Um, at River City, we start each Sunday with reading something from the lectionary. It's one of the Psalms. It's a way to connect to the global church. Um, it's a remind. there's people all over the world, various languages who are also either reading this psalm or incorporating it into their service. Um, Today's psalm is Psalm 72, verses one through seven. And it starts off by saying, Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people in the hills and righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the children of the needy, and crush their oppressor. May they fear you while the sun endures, and as long as the moon throughout all generations. Verse six, may he be like the rain that falls on the mown mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days, may the righteous flourish, and peace abound, till the moon be no more. If we bow our heads in prayer god we thank you for this sunday this first sunday in january thank you that you have authority over all seasons all temperatures all weather thank you for the recent rain father god thank you for the sun on today may we be reminded where you are in nature where you are in our lives our families father god even where you we may think you are absent you are present and we thank you for that Thank you for all the people who are here at river city today on their way we pray father god for the river city families may we be knitted as a community may we love in one another may we establish the trust that is needed to grow together as we enter into 2019 father god we thank you for all the youth and the children today thank you that they are generations below us and above us who have served you Thank you, Father God, that you continue to bless us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: So just stay standing for a moment with your eyes closed. We're going to do a prayer where you hand over the things that you've carried. So with your hands out, facing down, this represents you giving to God the things you've been carrying that need to be his to carry now. The burden he gives you is light. We have to choose it through faith. So, Father, we give to you the things we're carrying. We give them to you right now. Even picture yourself doing that. And then turn your hands over and allow the Father to give to you what he has for you today. Jesus, we receive from you. And we know that you want to fill us, that you want to love us, that you want to break us even in a good way. And then you want to send us. As you're chosen, sit into a world to love the world before it deserves it. We thank you for today. Thank you for epiphany. And we thank you for worship and community. We don't have to hide underground right now. We can do this in public. In Jesus' name. So, Father, right now we lift up the church global and we thank you that all across the world, communities of people are gathering around Jesus Christ to taste and see that you are good, to celebrate that in community, to not try and water it down and to not try and hurt people with it. We need to be strengthened by the gathering of the body. So we ask you, God, to bless every gathering across this globe. For the ones hiding right now, because they're not allowed to by their governments, protect them. Let the message go forth. For the ones not hiding, but hiding in person, hiding their hearts, sitting in massive cathedrals today, listening. Let them not hide as well, but hide differently. Let them come out, God, and become your bride, become your people. God, for those churches today that are struggling through hard things, give them the strength. I pray in Jesus' name that churches would be equipped to go into their communities, love people so well that they taste and see that you are good and want what you have. The gospel we carry, Lord, is awesome. It's not pain. It's not just misery. It's life and life to the fullest. And then it's a willingness to die for your brother and sister. We need that. So if you have a prayer for the church global at all, speak it now. And now, Father, we pray for our world that you have placed us in at this time, each of us selected. We're no mistakes in this room. We were born here. We're now here. We're on this planet. Help us to not turn an eye when we see things on TV we, our hearts hurt about, the things happening, the injustices, the brokenness, the wars, the the horrible things happening right now, God. We, We intercede on behalf of people right now across this planet for the people who are being brutalized, for the people who are being made to be militaristic, for the people who are running for their lives right now, for people being sold into sex trafficking right now. Intercede right now, body, and Jesus, we ask for you to intervene in only the way that you know how. Provide outs that have never been seen before. Raise up people that will go into the darkest of the dark places to be a light. Help your church to not just focus on a bigger and better cathedral, but getting farther and farther out to where the gospel needs to go. Speak now if you have a prayer for our world. Father, we pray for our nation now. We ask that you would give wisdom to the leadership that is in place, that you would give humility, that you would give compassion, that you would help the beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount to ring from the White House and our government structures, that we would see the world like you do, our neighbors, God, to love each other well, to love each other before we deserve it, God, that we would be a nation that goes after your heart, Jesus. Help us to be able to decipher what is cultural Christianity and what is true biblical Christianity. Speak now a prayer for your nation. We do pray protection over all of the leadership in our, na- in our nation, Jesus. Lastly, we pray for Smyrna and this beautiful city, and we ask you, God, to give us the heart and the love and the hope to love every person in this city well. We are not here by mistake. You have given us a burden. You have given us a call. You have given us people to do that. Help us to not hide away behind desks and building houses and getting more cars. Help us to fall in love with people who do not know you and help them to see you. Show us all our mission field this year, Jesus. If you have a prayer for our city, pray it now. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I think what I'm recognizing about the prayer for our city is that it's the one that's not so much um, kind of dreamy. Like the other ones are a little dreamy, a little farther out, but when you get to where you actually touch things, It's harder sometimes because it means action needs to happen, right? And so it's harder to realize where you actually live, like your house, uh, who needs to be loved like Jesus needs to love them, or your job, because it might mean immediate action, right? But the beautiful thing about prayer is if you begin to pray prayers, God will often involve you to be the answer to some of those prayers. And so it's easier to pray, God, help war to stop, than it is to say, God, Help me to love my neighbor who does not seem to stop letting his dog come over and use the bathroom on my yard. Does it make sense? Okay. All right. Love you guys.
0: Hello guys. Okay. Breathe. Ah, Does anyone else just need a nice deep breath like me? Um, so happy epiphany. How many of you guys know that today is the Feast of Epiphany? Raise your hand. Nice, liturgical nerds. I like it. Um, okay, so I um, I love the Feast of Epiphany, and I will describe what it is in a minute. Um, but uh, Epiphany is a fixed day, so it doesn't always occur on a Sunday. So because it did today, I was like, oh, I need to share with our church about Epiphany because I love it and we do a couple of practices with our family that have been really sweet. Um, oh, thanks, that's awesome. Um, and I want to be able to share about this holiday and invite you guys into it with me. Um, one of the reasons I love the Christian calendar, you've heard me say this, is because it gives us an opportunity to orient ourselves to a different rhythm, a different way of doing life. So, this week we were able to go away um, for a couple of days. And on the first day, I was sitting out in the quiet. It was so beautiful. It was quiet. It was in nature. And immediately my mind went into that like remake Sarah 2019 edition, right? Like the first week of January, we're like listing all the things we need to do to make ourselves a better person, right? Does Does everyone else do this? Okay. Be honest. No one else does this? No one else decides the beginning of the January, like, the things are going to do that year? Okay, thank you. You all do this. This is what it is. It's subconscious. I didn't even realize that I was, like, doing it, but I was like, it's a fresh start. And then immediately I felt this halt. And I was like, oh, wait, no, we're still in the season of Christmas. There's, I had, like, subconsciously reoriented my heart to... What I had seen, I actually even went on and deleted some social media because everywhere I went, it was like, these new things we're going to do and new year and this and like big. And I was like, no, 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 that's not the rhythm I've been invited into. I've been invited into a different rhythm. And so for me, epiphany is a way to alter my rhythm towards the rhythm of the gospel story. So um, I wanted to share a couple things of what I do when the season changes. So you can see on the calendar that, um, thank you, that the when the season changes, one of the things I like to do is um, an examine. If you've done 12, you've heard what this is. And it's just a way of reviewing a season of time and asking God where he was in that season and then looking forward. So it's... You sit you become aware of God's presence, you reflect with gratitude, pay attention to things that come up that feel like this was a high, this was a low. We actually do this with our kids, it's like the version of high-low. And then you have a time of confession, of re- repenting and reorienting your heart, and then you could look forward with vision and hope. So rather than feel like I have to like have this master plan in January, a good thing to do is do this every season. every Every liturgical season, I sort of think through the questions of that season and look forward to what God might wanna do in me and through me. So Epiphany is another opportunity for us to create space. Um, So this is what it is, here's my my brief history. Okay, so originally the celebrations of Advent, Christmas, the baptism, um, and the wedding at Cana were all one feast. So as they dated back and looked at the early church, they sort of celebrated those all together. And then eventually they got separated into different feasts. So at the Council of Tours in 567, there became two different holidays. So Christmas Day and Epiphany, right? So Christmas Day happens on the 25th. And do you know historically people only, they put up, they didn't put up their Christmas tree until Christmas Eve. So we actually, we're all, in fact, I grew up um we would sing the 12 days of Christmas. You guys know this? On the first day of Christmas, my love gave to me. Very nice. Okay, once you get to like 11, the 11th day, it's a little bit like mm, so the drummers drumming. This year, my kids became really into this song. So we'd be like, oh, it's the fourth day of Christmas. And they'd be like, oh, which one is that? But this is, I didn't know growing up that there were 12 days of Christmas that started on Christmas day. Us, we're like, it's the 26th. I'm taking the tree down. I'm taking the lights down. I don't want to see Christmas decorations, right? We're over it. But really, the early church, they're still celebrating until Epiphany. So 12 days of Christmas leads to Epiphany, right? Now, in the Western church, Epiphany celebrates the story of the Magi. And so that's January 6th. In the Eastern church, it celebrates the baptism. But both are... Celebrating this idea of Jesus reveals who God is. Jesus is God. Epiphany meaning a revelation, right? So the revelation of God in Jesus. That's what we celebrate. Is that good news? It's like really, really, really good news. So what a great opportunity for us to celebrate that. So I love this. This is, I was telling Josh, this is one of these where I was, I was prepping. It's like all my artsy nerd came alive. And so I have such fun things I'm going to try to get through. So first we're going to look at how Epiphany is celebrated in different parts of the world. And I love this because we tend to be in America very America-centric. And how beautiful to recognize how people of faith all over the world are celebrating Epiphany. So, um, the first one is in Ethiopia. This, and I have a couple of pictures. Um, It's called Timket, and it's a three-day festival that focuses on the baptism of Jesus. And I watched a YouTube video on this, and there's thousands and thousands of people out in the street, and they line this river, and an Ark of the Covenant comes down the river. And so they have these, like, and and this one actually is um, Bulgaria. So, in Bulgaria, I think this is Bulgaria. No, Ethiopia? Okay, Ethiopia, just kidding. Um, They're all yeah. So you see how many people are there. It's pretty amazing. It's three days. Okay, now I have Bulgaria. Okay, in Bulgaria, they throw a wooden cross into the river, and it's January, so it's freezing. And whoever can jump into the river and come up with the cross um, is said to have good health in their life. So great. I love it. We should do this one. We're gonna institute this one next year at RCC. We're just gonna go over to the Chattahoochee. No big deal. Throw a cross in. Um, Okay, in Ireland, women will appreciate this, it's called Women's Christmas or Little Christmas and women are given the day off from any sort of housework or cleaning, or cooking, and um, and imagine, yeah, right? Really, most of us too who are women like never quite get the day off, so, and what they do is they like go out with their friends and they all go out and have tea, which sounds really fun. Um, in Poland, Austria, and Germany, I don't know if I have any pictures for this, but they mark their doors um, with a combination of letters, numbers, and symbols, and bless their home, and I love this one, we actually do this one with our family, we, it's called Chalking the Doors and it's a way to, and we actually bless our house and we um, pray that our house will be hospitable in the same way that Mary, Joseph, and Jesus welcomed in the wise men. Think about it, like, think about opening your door and there's three people, oh, actually, there's probably way more. We There's not even three. We just got that from the, the gifts, but there's probably a bunch of people at their door and they let them in and hosted them. And so that's a beautiful way to bless our homes and to um, pray that we'll become hospitable to people, especially who are not like us. Um, in Poland and Belgium, children dress up as three wise men and go door to door singing songs and people give them money or sweets like Halloween. And this in Spain, Mexico and countries of Latin America, Um, they don't, presents are actually delivered by the Kings. So in some of these countries, the holiday, like Epiphany is way bigger than Christmas. They make a King's cake. This is another thing our family does. And these cakes are often around and trinkets are hidden in them. And so I actually bought a little, little baby Jesus off of Amazon and we hide it in the, and we hide it, I hide it in the cake. Um, and we hide other little trinkets, my family does. And then it's like, Whoever finds it, there's like a reward, and there's, every culture has different rewards. Like if you find, you find the baby Jesus, or you like, wear a hat, that I means you're king of the day. Though we try that, and our family and our kids abused that real quick. <laughs> we were like, no, king of the days. <laughs> um, but uh, they also um, write letters to the Magi. They leave shoes out on, their, on the front porch, a lot of times filled with hay. Um, thinking about the camels, and then their shoes are often filled the next day with presents. So isn't that really fun? No one else think this is super fun and interesting? Guys, involvement. Um, In Italy, they get their presents from Bafana, who is a woman. I love that. Um, And it's just really family-oriented, really community-oriented. And I just love it. And I love that it's another opportunity for us to create space as individuals, as a community, um, as families. So this morning, I'm going to read you the story of Matthew 2, 1 through 12, which is the story of the Magi. And I just have a a couple of quick points um, that I feel have come from this story, just about the revelation of God. So let's read this together. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So let's just quickly pray. God, um, we are invited into this story um, to find a deeper revelation of who you are. Let let, Let us have eyes to see. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so um, in this story, we see that revelation is initiated by God, begins with wonder, and changes everything. So it is initiated by God, begins with a sense of wonder, and changes everything. So we see in the story that the Magi were led by a star, right? Right? What's so interesting is the baby is God. So essentially the baby was wooing the Magi, right? So everything starts with God. Everything is initiated by God. There's this quote from Ruth Haley Barton. The stirring of spiritual desire indicates that God's spirit is already at work within us, drawing us to himself. We love God because he first loved us. We long for God because he first longed for us. We reach God because he first reached for us. Nothing in the spiritual life originates with us. It all originates with God. So the same with us. Any of the times where we are awakened, it is already God at work. So a lot of times, um, revelation begins with wonder. So the wise men were astrologers as they've sort of like dug into these stories. They've assumed that um, Magi, people translate this all differently, but they were astrologers. They would read the stars and try to predict things that would happen. And so the question becomes, why this star? Why did it pique their interest? What made it different? it It was because there was something different. A new light was shining and it awakened their desire. Augustine once said, our hearts are restless till they find their rest in thee. We all have this spiritual hunger, but we're so busy, we miss things. So in order to be able to see the light of God's continuing revelation, we have to pay attention. We have to discern. Do we see God nowhere or do we see him everywhere? say that again, do we see God nowhere or do we see him everywhere? Ignatius said we can find God in all things in order that we might love and serve God in all. So we have to slow down enough to pay attention to see all these examples of how God is shining light to woo us to him. On the first Sunday of Advent, we talked about um, seeing the darkness, seeing through the darkness to the light. And I love that this is a continual metaphor for us because we have to pay attention enough to even see the light. There's times we're so enveloped by the darkness, we don't see where God wants to reveal himself. The light is always moving us toward a deeper revelation of who God is. It awakens our desire. Have you ever just been outside and like looked up and you were like, that wonder, that sense of like mystery and just childlike um, excitement? Stop, pay attention because God is there. When our desire is awakened, our desire like the Magi brings movement towards God but sometimes that movement doesn't always look easy and it's not, it requires a ton of change. Think about the sacrifice, the Magi that, first of all, they needed bravery. They probably traveled for weeks, if not months. They needed determination. So, and then it wasn't really easy. Like the journey was not easy. Revelation changes everything. The deepest revelation we could ever receive is the fact that Jesus is God. And I actually read this, that most of us, we think of Jesus more like a brother, right? Or like a friend, which is great ideas of who God is, of who Jesus is, but we, we actually don't quite enter into this idea of Jesus as God, because that's really risky, and it messes with your mind a little bit. And so it's, easy, it's easier for us to think of Jesus as our brother or a friend. But the fact that Jesus is God, invites us into a disruption of the world systems and our own systems. When the Magi came to Jerusalem, and I love this about Matthew, because Matthew was written to a Jewish audience. So it's really interesting that he even tackles this story at all, because in the story you see this contrast, this contrast between Herod and the Magi. So you see this contrast of power, abuse, envy, pride, control, and the violence of the Judean king. But through the wise men, we see humility, discernment, desire, and service for these Gentiles. A Jewish audience would have found that offensive. From the beginning of the gospel story, it continues to be what we don't expect, And this story is the first time we see the barriers being torn down between Gentiles and Jews. You see this opulence of Jerusalem, right? They come into Jerusalem. You could have mattered what they would have seen, right? If they went to see Herod as the king, they would have seen luxury and they would have seen richness. And then they move into Bethlehem where there's a sense of simplicity and holiness. And that is where they felt joy. It says in that text that it was after when they confronted the star again that they really experienced joy. So what a contrast. Jerusalem and Bethlehem can represent not only geographic locations, but spiritual places. Here's a quote. Those for whom this world is home, all who profit from current arrangements, from orthodoxies of every sort will take offense at this swaddling-wrapped revolt. Something new is being built. A new cornerstone is being laid. That is the good part. The bad part is that existing structures may be raised to make room. So as we confront God in flesh, all throughout the gospel story, things are constantly turned on their heads. What we think should be powerful is no longer powerful, right? The things that are humble are exalted. Scripture says that God uses the foolishness of the world to confound the wise. When God brings revelation of who he is, it causes a death and a struggle of what we already know. There's this poem by T.S. Eliot called Journey of the Magi, and when I Came across it, I was like, oh, this is going to be so cute. It's going to walk us through the story. And it's not like that at all. You should read it. Um, One of the last lines says, we returned to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation. Has our revelation of who God is so turned things on their heads that we cannot live the same way? We cannot walk out here and navigate life the same way. There should be a discomfort with the way things are in our culture. Not an accusation and not a judgment. That's not our job. But there should be a discomfort. There should be a sense in us that we can no longer live the same way. And so this epiphany, that is what I'm praying for our church that we will be uncomfortable, that the light of who God is and who he is continually revealing himself to be to us, in us, through us will change things because so often we get this revelation of God and nothing changes. Maybe Jesus is only our brother. Maybe Jesus is only our friend. But if Jesus is God, nothing stays the same. So, we have a few minutes. We're having testimony time. Woohoo! All right. So, I put this on the one of the Facebook the prayer wall. I would like for a couple of minutes. This is what's so important, guys, about us gathering together. It's really not you just listening to us up here. It's us listening to each other. And I was actually talking about this with Donna, my mother-in-law, and She's always saying like, we need more testimony time. I'm like, yes, because what helps my faith is to hear how you guys have wrestled, to hear what you're going through, to hear how God is showing up in your life. So here's a couple of questions to prompt you. Please, when you answer, don't answer some random other question that I haven't mentioned. Try to answer these. Okay, what light brought you to God or continues to bring you to God? Or how has God revealed himself, herself to you this year in your life? Okay? So I need a first brave soul. You can't take a long time. I don't know where the mic is. Oh, I should have put the questions up there. Sorry. Uh, what light brought you to God? What light continues to bring you to God? Or has how has God revealed himself to you? At any point, could be this last year. Want to hear of how God is moving in you, through you, for you.
5: Um, give thanks to God for he is good. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's not it. Something about being grateful and rejoicing. Anyways, <laughs> I had that written on the back of my mirror and every day I was writing down some way oh. that God was good. And then in July when my best friend died, I was mm-hmm. saying, oh, you're not good. And it took me like two months to realize I have literally been writing down every single day of 2018, this is ways that you're good. And so I can look back at that and see 365 ways that he was good. Even on the day that she died, mm-hmm. we had friends come around and pray for us. We had dinner together. Like, so I'm still wrestling with that sometimes, mm-hmm. but he was showing me that he was preparing my heart for a long time for me to be able to see that he is good. Wow! Awesome. Thanks.
0: Anyone else? Couple more. Couple more.
6: Thank you. I've never met him. Uh, my sister told me because I have a, uh, a bad knee injury. Mm-hmm. My sister just told me that he will come and pray for me. I wasn't believing in that because I've never believed in healings, all of that. And he just came. I was like, like my sister asked me. I was like, okay, let's just do it. But I wasn't believing that would happen. And then he came with Justin, and they prayed for me. I wasn't believed that it would happen, and they prayed for my knee. And the same day, uh, uh, my knee injury like got done, and I played the basketball the same day. Wow. And that's why that's <laughs> I, awesome. That's awesome. I, I really believe that there was somebody, there was a real God. That, that's what makes me believe. And that's that,
0: awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and yeah, and quick side note too. In this story, we see God revealing Himself through both the natural and the supernatural. In the story of the Magi, see the the star, and then also the dream. I didn't have that part got cut, but um, that is this really beautiful way that God brings revelation. Right, Um, Phil?
2: um, By far, this has been uh, the toughest uh, year of our twenty-three years of marriage, and. uh, but like the young lady said, 365 days a year, uh, God continues to show Himself by provision. Um, never one to eat anyway, he's a God of provision. Um, but the biggest thing, like three years ago, um, my daughter got told by doctors that she would uh, some kind of condition that she would never have children again, and uh, just the shame and condemnation
6: mm-hmm. and
2: embarrassment that came with being able to have to tell us that they, she could never give us any children. So. Uh, but any day now, we're about to be grandparents. Right. Um, after the doctors told her that she couldn't have anything and just a deliverance of sin, even though the world says this, doctor says this, God has to find a word and a whole bunch of things.
0: Someone in the back. Mike.
6: Um, I would have to say what draws my faith to God each and every day is my relationship uh, with my youngest son. Hmm. Um, when I look at him, it reminds me of myself and, um, it reminds me of how God loves me. It shows me mercy, um, and grace. My son shows me that. Right. Yeah. And what I, when I, what I mean by that is, is anytime he does something that upsets me or that upsets us, me and my wife, um, it reminds me of how God treats me and hmm. how God loves me. And, um, this year has been, well, I'm sorry, last year has been, um, such a fulfilling year to me, um, because I've seen God moved in our relationship and our finances. Um, I remember I told my wife in December, um, that she was going to have a new job before the, the end of the year was over with. And, um, she actually got a new job December 31st of last year. And, um, I just continue to see God move in, um, our faith and his faithfulness. And even when we're not faithful, man, he still is faithful to us.
0: Awesome anyone else one more two more or two two we'll do two and then, oh, Brittany, then Brittany and then Taylor
1: I think what drew me to God have it, like I was always raised in church but then you just get to those moments where you have to figure it out um, and it was other people sharing their stories mm-hmm. Uh, the real stories of what the Lord brought them through yeah. and just the story of hope that truly changes and what continues is now seeing like my story when I'm able to share that that hope continues yes. um, and I have a friend right now who has been Jewish her whole life and every week is wanting to have breakfast and asking me questions and she's invited me into this story. And I, I didn't know the extent of it, but it's been like a five year journey of the Lord revealing himself. And she's never had really anyone to talk to. Wow. And so being able to offer my story of, yes, you can read the Bible, you can know, but here is what he's done. Truly done. Um, Just the beautiful, like hope and joy because always thinking like there's really hard things in my life and I just knew there had something had to be different and asking the Lord like show me what's different and he's always taken me deeper in him. Mm. Um and so that yeah uh, seeing that replay over and over.
0: That's awesome. Thank Thanks Brittany. All right.
5: Last but not least okay um so I've been struggling for a very long time with mental health and things like that. And um, I am trying hard to train myself to think in a more positive way, which is very hard for me because I just have always immediately gone to the negative. Mm-hmm. And for a very long time, like we would move to different churches and stuff like that. And um, I just would never be interested. I just never really cared. And in my head, I just thought that it all wasn't true.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And um, it wasn't until I came here that I actually started wanting to come back. And um, I wasn't really sure like why. I thought maybe it was because of the people. Um, but I would always, in my head, say that like I have no friends. I have nobody to rely on. And so, um, Just recently, like, I've been able to stop and actually talk to people. And it, like, I can actually say that I have friends. I can actually say that, like, I can rely on God, which, like, I would have never been able to do a year ago. And, um, like, recently I, like, tried to stop and think, about like things that I might be proud of myself for or things that um, he has proven to me that he is there. Um, And uh, um, I used to like struggle really, really hard with um, uh, addiction to Mm -hmm. self-harm. And I used to not be able to go past about a week, Um, but I'm almost like a year clean now. Wow, (laughs) that's awesome. (laughs) That's (laughs) awesome. And so, like, and like the crazy thing to me is, like, even if I try and stop and like really think about it, it's not like near as tempting as it used to be. And like, I can actually stop myself now. That's awesome. And I'm very happy. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks for sharing. Okay. All right. So, thank you guys
0: for sharing. If you guys could stand. Um, we are, we're going to close, but I do want, if worship could come up and prayer teams, um, I know we're running a little bit later, but if you, if you need prayer, we always want to have, um, create space for you guys to receive prayer. Um, so I'm going to read this last poem. It's called the work of Christmas. It's by Howard Thurman, an African American theologian, educator, and civil rights leader. He says this, when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart. So, God, as you have revealed yourself to us through Jesus, as we step into this story of epiphany, and we are, again, by the light of so many beautiful things drawn to you, may it change us and let us take on the same holy work, Jesus, that you gave over to us to be good news to the world, to love, to bring reconciliation. Change something in us today that we don't leave the same, that the revelation of God in flesh would change us radically. We hunger and we thirst after you. May our souls find rest in you alone. As we go, bless our coming and going. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitiesmyrna.com.